the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood, the only Baltimore podcast that has a co-host on the shelf with a strep throat this week as we head into week two here, headed off a depressing Ravens Raiders loss on Monday Night Football. Uh, things are feeling too hot here in Baltimore. I think people are in the dumps a little bit, but we do have Marty Sumo on the podcast this week, replacing our friend Taylor Smythe. How we doing, Marty? Great. Never replacing, never replacing, just subbing in. Well said. Uh, subbing in for another 0-1 football team. Um, Giants, Broncos. I think that might have been the least watched game of any game, at least in, in that 4 o'clock slot. Uh, what's, think, your, what's your quick I, synopsis for all of us who, who did, definitely did not watch your game? I watched some of yeah, it. I had, I, to, um, I had to ingest that game uh, completely via red zone, and I got one snap, I think, in the first quarter uh, through red zone. So um, even NFL Network knew not to show that game. But uh, Danny, not the answer. That's pretty much all I got to say. There you have it. Um, we're all trying to work our way through what the hell happened on Monday night. Um I struggled to really try to digest it. Uh, it was shocking. I was furious. I think that all comes through in the incident analysis that we did the other night. Um, I don't know that I have anything more that really makes me feel much better at this point. I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about all the things that happened as we've got this Kansas City Chiefs game coming up here on Sunday night here at home. And I'm trying to think about what are the positives, what, is, what could possibly be different here on this scene for a better team from the AFC West coming into town they're, you know, they've played in the last two Super Bowls. They've got their own elite tight end in their own right, a better quarterback. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's supposed to feel better. So I don't know. Somebody find me some silver linings here. I'm, 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 I'm reaching here. Um, it's a home game. You get to be back in the stadium. That's a silver nice. lining. I okay. Okay. I mean, the, sp- the spread being as low as it is, maybe someone knows something we don't. The spread is one of the more shocking things about this game because I was tracking it. Uh, before Monday night's game, and it was only two and a half at that point. And what's it at? Three and a half, four, depending on where you look half, right now. Yeah. So the Monday night's result only moved the line one point. And if you know anything about me is I read a lot into that kind of shit. When we had both those injuries happen last week to, to Marcus Peters and Gus Edwards, I took a lot of solace in the fact that that line only moved half a point for that Raiders game. The divisional um, futures only moved a smidge. The Super Bowl futures didn't move at all. The AFC Championship uh, futures didn't move at all. That was my fallback. That was my reason why I didn't feel so deflated by those two injuries. And then we saw, at least on the defensive side, why that line should have moved. I mean, the Ravens' defense, at least the secondary in the second half there, I don't know whether they just ran out of gas. I don't know whether it was the personnel, whether the Raiders made adjustments and, and the Ravens simply didn't. The pass rush had nothing to offer pretty much the entire second half as well. I don't know. It seems like the the Ravens had built this puzzle, especially since Marcus Peters came over two years ago, where they could blitz at ease and blitz all they wanted and have no repercussions because they have two great corners, sometimes three great corners when Jimmy Smith is healthy um, at the back end where they could just do pretty much whatever they want. And now that safety net's gone. So the Ravens find themselves in this situation where – you got to ask yourself, like, what are the answers here? Like, you can't just continue to do the same, same thing over and over where you're going, you know, zero man and coverage. You're blitzing over and over and over. 
um, trying to create pressure through blitzes and not through beating guys straight up the way that the Raiders guys beat our, our offensive line straight up. Because I think if you look at statistics, there were only three blitzes on Lamar Jackson the entire night. And they pressured him. I think the statistic was 54% of his dropbacks, mm-hmm. which is a higher percentage than Patrick Mahomes was in the Super Bowl last year. And we all know he was running for his life. And uh, the result wasn't too good for that. And then the narrative became for Patrick Mahomes was like, oh, all these excuses for him. Like, um, yeah, nobody could have survived behind that line. And now we sit here all week and we listen to why Jalen Hurts is a better thrower for some reason after throwing more 300-yard games than Lamar Jackson. When Lamar Jackson has just this completely different system at play, only throws 25 times a game, whereas Jalen Hurts throws 40 times a game. Whatever. I'm getting off track here, but um, it's just – it's frustrating. It's frustrating that the, the DNA of this team that we thought, you know, kind of had their identity at least the last two years seems lost at sea suddenly. And it's only been one week. Can I throw some, I mean, outside of X's and O's, it, have, have we just thought that, I mean, this could have been just a perfect storm. It could have been any team on the other side of that ball. You got the first game, in that stadium, which is an unbelievable stadium, one of the most loyal fan bases in the country going into this this game. You have Max Max Crosby with an unbelievable rehab story. You got Carl Nassib's unbelievable story. It, it could have just been like a perfect storm of this. That, that Raiders team was just not going to lose that game. The thing about it is the 14 nothing start, the, the way the game started, the way the Ravens were in control. And then they kind of weathered the third quarter, too, where the Ravens, you know, the Raiders were starting to break through. But the, Raider, the Ravens continued to at least maintain some semblance of control over the game. And then they went down the field twice. Lamar Jackson went down the field two times, put the Ravens ahead and kept it together. And then, um, you know, they just they just fumbled it away. I mean, they just couldn't keep it together. Um I mean, I, I, I completely understand what you're saying, but my point on the incident analysis the other night was also that even if the, the Raiders had missed that 55 yarder at the end of regulation and we steal that game, I still feel terrible with the way that game yeah. kind of played out down the stretcher. Kind of left a sick, uh, sick feeling in my stomach where, you know, when, when guys get hurt the way that they did and um, it, it kind of – it kind of plants those seeds of doubt in your head where you're looking for confirmation that, Hey, this is going to be okay. We, this is something we can weather for 17 games and a postseason this year. And then all our worst fears were, were, were finally um, confirmed there in the fourth quarter where we just couldn't stop anybody much like that Browns game in Monday night football last year. Like if that Browns game had gone, you know, if, if football was a 90 minute game or something, like I don't know that the Ravens are winning that game against the Browns. And I, and I feel the same way about this Raiders Ravens game. So um, as you look ahead at this Chiefs game, this has always been the formula for the Ravens against anybody. It's even more so true against the Chiefs. It's, I think people forget that there's been instances where the Ravens have, I mean, the first time Lamar played Mahomes in 2018, he outplayed him for the majority of the game. And the Ravens had control of that game. And it came down to Patrick Mahomes pulling a rabbit out of his ass, throwing across his body to Tyree Kill on the fourth down play. Which he did like four a, times a game now. To keep a drive yeah. alive and then push the game into overtime where the Ravens ultimately lost. So there is a formula. And 
the result, you know, when people look at the Chiefs owning the Ravens, it's often looked at Mahomes owning Lamar, but there have been instances where Lamar has been right there and done what he has to do in order to get a W against the Chiefs, and that just hasn't been the end result. So um, I guess my point being is there is a formula for the Ravens to run the football and control the game, shorten the game, and try to get the clock to zero while still ahead. Um, it's just a matter of whether they can get ahead. And so yeah, I think my biggest my biggest fear if I was a Ravens fan is you if you look at this Raiders game, it's like you could be a Ravens team that controls three quarters of this game, maybe three quarters and a half of this game against Mahomes, and it could come down to a couple plays in the fourth quarter, and it, all that could just be wiped away easily. Because if you're if you're Mahomes or you're a Chiefs fan, it's like the no lead is safe, and I. It, if a Ravens fan going into this game, you're just going to think you could score 40 and just feel like no lead is safe in this game. I totally agree. And I think that's the scariest part about playing against the Chiefs. And I think that we felt that very much in the, the game last season in primetime when the, when the Chiefs went ahead a couple touchdowns there. You know, thank God Devin DuVernay ran a kickback there to kind of keep us in it. But even then, it felt like we were deep underwater with no way of getting up you know, with no life jacket whatsoever. And that um, no matter what we did, the Chiefs were just always going to answer for the score and answer for the score and that we were never going to be able to make up ground. And so that in, in itself can have like a psychological effect over a football team. The Chiefs hold that effect over teams. The thing that also concerns me is the Ravens for two years now have had kind of a similar but different effect where if you get behind them, the Ravens are going to continue to run the football and shove it down your throat. So it's kind of like the opposite where, you know, if you're behind the Ravens by multiple scores, it feels like you can't come back. Whereas against the Chiefs, if you're up by a couple scores, you're never comfortable. The Ravens were in that position the other night. And the statistic that I saw over and over and over on the ESPN bottom line is that John Harbaugh was 81 and 0 with a multiple score lead as the Ravens coach. And that was the first time he blew it. So, um, the fact that they've just deviated from their normal, you know, their identity and what made them so good. Um, and this is their bread and butter, not in, you know, our main issues are with the defense and then like to just see that the, the team isn't quite the complete puzzle that you want it to be the way that, you know, especially this 2019 team, the thing I loved about it most was this, the fact that they ran the football well, but the fact that they could, especially in the secondary, just like suffocate teams and just, on both sides of the ball, it just felt like you had no chance to come back against them. So now that we've got kind of a chink in the armor, so to say, uh, teams are going to feel a little more confident if they get down a couple scores and not panic. Um, it's just kind of a double whammy when you go against a team that can do exactly that better than any team probably in NFL history, where if we go up two scores on the Chiefs somehow, we're, we're I mean, we're not going to feel great about it at all. So it's just Monday night or, or Sunday night coming up in theory, just feels like a game that's going to be no fun in any way, shape, or form. Because there's not even a lead that could exist that's going to make anybody feel comfortable out there. And so we had talked about this on the instant analysis, and I talked to some people who were at the game in Vegas, and I said, do we think – is the fan base kind of deflated going into this Sunday night game, which should arguably be one of the biggest games in M&T Bank history in, in, in years? I mean, it's – you know, the first home game Sunday night against the Chiefs, you know, Lamar called them the kryptonite last year. It's everyone knows about them. 
and again, the first game back with, you know, full, full with fans and stuff like that. Like this place should be the, the entire day. Sunday should be all about, you know, the eight twenty kickoff, whatever time it is. And now it's again, like we talked about, it's kind of like, I feel like the balloon got deflated a little bit and people aren't as excited for it. And that may change when the weekend comes and you kind of, you, you shed that loss. But um, my buddy I was talking to said, he thinks the people who went to the game, the Vegas game may just sit this one out. And again, this is for maybe, maybe the people who, who again, watched on TV and didn't have that as bad of a taste being in the building will still get that. They'll still get up. They'll still be pumped. They'll have that energy. And, you know, 820 again, Sunday night, the, the bank is rocking. Yeah, it's exactly right. It's just deflating where, like you said, the lot H and, and the tailgate and all those good things that come on game days, especially a prime time game where you have all day to tailgate, like the energy is just sapped. The excitement for this game. I mean, I feel like the city is so down on its football team right now and it's only one game and I'm right there with everybody. I mean, I, I haven't felt this pissed off about a loss since probably the Browns loss early in 2019. And that was the last time we lost in a lot of games after that. Um, but regardless, it's just, man, this is a game people had circled for a long time. And, and, and we've, you know, COVID sitting out all these weeks and not being able to go to the bank. Like, it's just a shame. It sucks. And um, I mean, I don't really know what to say to people other than like, we just got to go out there and, and, fingers crossed and, and hope something, you know, we can pull something out of our ass here. I mean, I, I'm kind of right there with everybody. I can't believe the spread's only three and a half. I think I should be a touchdown. What do you like? What, what's going to be, if you're taking the temperature, say the chiefs come out, score, score right off the bat. Ravens go three and out, maybe, maybe a short drive punt. And then, you know, you're looking at 10, nothing, 14, nothing. And you, and it, there hasn't even been the first commercial yet. What What's going to be, I mean, Twitter is going to be going nuts. What, what do you, how do you think, how do you think the building is going to be reacting to that? Are Boo Birds going to come out? It wouldn't shock me if Boo Birds come out by like the end of the first quarter in such a scenario. I, I could be wrong on that. It just feels like that's the general mood, um, which is, you know, it's, uh, it's not really fair. It sucks. I know the result was what it was the other night and it could have been different. Um, but if it's the chiefs again, like it's just kind of the same old story and people would get tired of seeing the same thing over and over. We had to sit there. Uh, I guess we didn't have to sit through it in the stadium per se, but like that loss last year took a lot of wind out of the sails of the Ravens against the chiefs earlier last year. It, it killed way, a lot of the excitement. The, the way that the loss happened too, where Correct. it was kind of where it was like, you know what? Cause it was a lot of, we can go toe to toe with these people. Wait, and it was a lot of like, why aren't the Ravens in the same conversation as the Chiefs? Chiefs, yeah, they just won the Super Bowl. But I, I feel like a lot of Ravens fans were saying we're neck and neck with them. And it was like after that game, it was like it's it was pretty clear that that no one is neck and neck with them, and, and they're in a completely different league of their own. Yeah, I mean, I just have to. I, you, I feel like you have to put some pressure on Ravens fans for Sunday night, like. The only way you got to keep the Ravens in this game is to keep home field advantage as a, a factor at, throughout the entire game. Like if if Mahomes goes out there and just takes the wind out of the fan sails, it, it might be a blowout. Like I think that the bank needs to be rocking for the team to get up, the defense to play well. Like I don't know if fans really understand like 
that is a huge reason I think the Raiders were in that game for so long was that place was fucking booming. There, there also weren't as many Ra- – I thought from the looks of my Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, the people I, the amount of people I thought I knew in Vegas, I was like, it's going to be 60-40. You know, it's going to be not even close. I, it, like, there's going to be a lot of Ravens fans. And when my buddy got to the game, he was like, it's 75-25 maybe. He said, like, and that, now I'm like, I guess all my friends just went out to Vegas and didn't go to the game. Yeah, but- I mean – it I just think Raiders, Raiders fans are a fan base that they, they don't mess around. Like, I don't care if you're, oh, in the century, that, that fan base is showing out. They're not letting, they're not letting someone charger their stadium. They're going to pack that place. Like they needed to make sure that, that their presence was felt. And I just think that Ravens fans need to do the same on Sunday night. Yeah. They, they showed it. Um, Banks, what do you, are you seeing the talks online of people talking about Marlon giving up on the last play that, that touchdown to Zay Jones? Oh, just, I mean, the play was over. Like he, yeah, he, that, he, he had him beat, and it was over. Like, so that's what someone said. They said no matter how fast he ran, he wasn't going to get – like, it was done. And yeah, no, it was over. He was, I think part of my take, they said it was like in extra innings when there's a guy on third and, you know, there's the a bases ball. are loaded and it's – Hit to the wall and then – No outs and it's like, just, well, this is deep enough to be a sack fly no matter how you cut yeah. it. So. The outfielders don't even look at the ball and they just walk in. Yeah. So it's like people were shitting on him about that. And, again, it's like – I if that's the bit your biggest takeaway, like then you're focusing on the wrong thing. It's, you know, it's obviously, again, it's like, and also if there's anyone that you're going to shit on in the secondary, it's not Marlon. <laughs> it is not Marlon. Correct. No, he, it's, he did everything he possibly could. And he's only one guy. He balled his um, ass off against Darren Waller for four quarters. He did. Do you, I you mean, have away, away fans. Do you think chiefs fans are showing up? I really have no idea to be honest. I think that they, do they travel well? I mean, they're not like a national fan base type of thing. Um, they've got, just kind of got their roots there in the middle of the country. They're very much uh, the mis- Midwestern type folk. I don't think they get out much. Yeah, I feel like they're <laughs> but, like uh, Nebraska fans. They like pack the house when it's home and then kind of just like hit the couch when it's on the road. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It, it's It's another game where like Sometimes when you own a team, it, it's a little extra incentive to be like, oh, yeah, let's go to that game and evade their stadium and make a thing of it. And they definitely have the right to kind of go ahead and do that. Um, but I think if you look at the fact that this is another team's season opener, um, it's at least a reason why I think some people laid off of going to Vegas, as many people as, that you know, a lot of people did go. But um, I don't know. I don't know. I uh I plan on being there. I'll be in my section up in 528 and um, I'll be praying for the best, probably having quite a few beers out in the parking lot before the game and uh, trying to settle the nerves because like, I mean, Owen two, like for a team that has the kind of aspirations this did, or at least they did two weeks ago for a lot of these injuries. Owen uh, two is obviously like a, uh, the type of hole that is difficult to get out of at least, in, especially I mean, the aspirations weren't just win the division or win the Super Bowl or whatever, but like part of part of winning the Super Bowl in this, you know, seven team playoff era is you want to be that one team to get that one buy. And um, you pretty much have to be damn near perfect, especially when it comes to playing against teams that you're going up against for that for that one seed. This is a massive, massive game and a massive opportunity for the Ravens to bounce back and kind of I mean, if they win on Sunday night, Monday night's forgotten. Like that's mm-hmm. that one's in the in the distant past. Like we put that way in the rear view. 
and we're, we're right back on track. Um, I mean, one one is probably where you could have expected this team to be through two weeks, but Oh, and two unacceptable, even though there's the, the lions game and the, and the Broncos game right after it to kind of rebound. Um, the, the, the blueprint for this team is to go 13 and four or 14 and three or better. So, um, there's only so many games that you can kind of lose when it's kind of a coin flip type game or a, uh, you know, a 55 yard field goal is needed to be made on, you know, that type of game to be on the wrong side of it. You can only afford to have it happen to you like one or two times. So, um, we'll see how it goes. I guess that's the best we play, can really say at this point. Play that Omar, Omar whistle to start that game. They're, they're, if, they, if they don't, they're screwing up. I know they are. It's, it's the kind of thing like, no, like we could never use it more than we need it right now. We need it yeah. so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and for Arguably the record, one of the best ideas I've ever had. We, we're, we're not I stopping think, the tweet, by the way. Yeah, I know that, that tweet, we're not uh, stopping. It's no, not, I mean, got some legs on it. I don't care what kind of offensive line that guy's playing behind. He's going to give us a chance in He's every game we up. play. So, yeah, I don't know. The right tackle situation we touched on, the incident analysis, that thing's a disaster. Ryan Stanley struggled. I don't know that that ankle's okay. I heard all offseason that that ankle was maybe behind schedule or the ankle injury, you know, to begin with was maybe worse than we had imagined. Um, I am not confident that he's okay. And it wouldn't shock me if, I don't know, if he has a rough season here, if it takes a while for him to get situated or if he aggravated it or something, I don't know. Like it's something's not right with Ronnie Stanley. So um, if we got both of our tackles struggling, because I think the interior line played a pretty damn good game. If the, if those tackles are struggling, like we're going to see a lot of those Lamar uh, scrambles and, and crazy plays and who knows how long he can keep that up. And it's also, I mean, again, the, I don't think anyone really went into this game being like Carl Nassib and Max Crosby are game changers. Like, they're good players, but no one was like, watch out for these guys. The Chiefs' defensive line is not one that, again, I would want to go on on a gimpy ankle or, you know, coming off a major injury like that. So, yeah, I mean, it's – you're back-to-back two major – I mean, that, that Chiefs' defensive line is downright scary. And the – um. The, the, the Villanueva video that, that the intern posted of him getting absolutely spun around on the one play. I mean, there were multiple plays where he got thrown around like that. That play was legitimately laugh-out-loud funny. Like, it was, it was very funny to watch. Yeah, it may be funny for you, but... Yeah, uh, well, you know, it was... He, you, you can look back at in his shoes. It was terrible. Uh, I also Joke. had a left tackle who got his dick handed to him. I don't know if you saw Buda Baker absolutely... He flattened Taylor Lewan this last week. So again, we 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 got some good uh some good lineman play from from both of our teams. So uh again, that's what what did Harbaugh say today? He didn't want to have the conversation or something. Did you see that quote? I didn't see it actually. Some, they asked him something about Villanueva and like, oh, is he gonna be your guy going forward? And he just said something like, I'm not having the something about like I'm not having the conversation, I'm not talking about it or something. It's like, oh, that's a glowing that the, the confidence is just oozing out of him it's right per- there. The way it sounds like knowing John Harbaugh, that's more of like, hey, I'm offended you're even asking. Yeah. Like, I'm sure you know who probably asked it? Yeah. Probably your boy. Band. (laughs) Band. Anyways. um, 
yeah, Sunday night football, eight fifteen. You want to do prediction? Oh man, you don't want to do a prediction. I, I don't really want to. Uh, it's what we do here, though. So I guess we're gonna do a prediction. Um, I mean, I just I don't feel great about. It. I think it's I think it's Chiefs thirty four, Ravens twenty four. Is that the most objective thing I've ever said on the show? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm borderline shocked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was kind of waiting. I was like, he's going to give like a rah, rah, like, no, I honestly don't like, I wish I did. And this is so weird for me. Like I usually have some sort of fallback and people looked at me to have some sort of like, Hey, we're going to figure something out here. We're going to whatever. Like, man, I, like, I, I still feel strongly. The Ravens are going to make the playoffs. Cause as long as they have Lamar Jackson under center, um, we're just got to go. It's, it's got to get a little worse before it gets better. You know, there's a lot of guys that need to get situated. The offensive line, um, whether Villanova, Villanueva sticks and Ronnie Stanley continues to, to play or whatever it might be like as long, you know, the longer they play together, continuity is really key. Um, these guys are getting kind of learning each other and, and we haven't really talked about Tyree Phillips getting hurt much at all, but he's, he's our swing tackle. Like he's, he's kind of the guy who would have stepped in for Villanueva if he either got hurt or got benched. So uh, we're kind of on our heels in more way than one there on the offensive line. So, um, but anyways, as long as Lamar Jackson's playing, like we're going to get to double digit wins and that's probably going to be good enough to make the playoffs. So, you know, make the dance. You never know what can happen. So, you know, you know, other teams can have devastating injuries too. Um, that can kind of level the playing field a little bit, um, not to be too woe as us, but um, yeah, it's just, uh, we got a long road ahead of us. So it's only one game, but uh, this road might get a little longer after this next week, but uh, maybe we just reevaluate things on late Sunday night when we do another incident analysis. Um, real quick too. What was your favorite uh, Trenton Cannon Ravens moment? Um. Every time he did anything, I just was waiting for Steve Levy to just say something about getting shot out of a cannon. Yeah, it's like it, we we did kind of get robbed of like a Berman fastest two minutes. Like, yeah, yeah, something like that. So at least you'll always have those memories because now he's a 49er. Later. Peace. And uh, Sunday being a night game, obviously Banks said he'll be in lot H, but quick little plug, we got to – full day of drinking at mother's purple patio. So come find me. I'll get you a mom bomb. Mm. And there it is. Um, should we be pivoting to the Orioles here? Orioles talk. Uh, I can't really preface it. You know, Taylor's kind of just a phenomenal showman when it comes to just transitions, things like that. I am not that man. Um, and honestly, I couldn't tell you one thing about the way the Orioles has been playing. I think they're losing four, three or something to the Yankees right now. Um, so, Eric, go ahead. Like, let me know what I've been missing out on because it doesn't feel like I've been missing out on much. Uh, Nestor Cortez struck out like 11 tonight against the Orioles. The same Nestor Cortez. That was a rule five pick, I think, in 2018 or 17. And he gave up like two grand slams in like eight hours. Uh, and they DFA'd him or they, they returned him. And Austin Hayes hit a two run home run tonight and to put them up 3 2. And then Tyler Wells immediately walked the guy, uh, gave up a single, and then it would just went haywire from there. And I've never seen a role Chapman dominate more people than Ryan McKenna, Pat Valeka and Kelvin Gutierrez right now. So that was a fun way to end that game. Uh, my remote's halfway across my living room after that one. And um, kind of just 
kind of just waiting. Kind of just running out the clock here, you know? Yeah, and it's, it's, it, it sucks because I talked about it a couple of weeks ago on Twitter, but, like, said, like, you know, make sure you get out to a game because I think some of these familiar faces and fan favorites that we've come to know and love the last couple of years um, may not be on the team next year. There may be one big one that I think is, is pretty much gone. Um, and it does suck because Trey is, is now out with a – it sounds like an oblique, and it sounds like it may be the end of a season. And maybe – you know, just a right side, a right sore side, which Kyle Farnsworth was not happy about, but he was in the lineup and then they took him out of the lineup like five minutes after they posted it, which is never a good sign. Again, there's three weeks left, 55 games under 500 or whatever they are. Um, You know, it's kind of crazy to me though. Like I know when a team usually is down and it's like, you could play spoiler. um, The Orioles essentially have, the a the wild card which i'm calling the al wild card because it's essentially the ales fighting for the two wild card spots all three of those teams the yankees just came through baltimore the red sox are about to come through baltimore and toronto finishes with baltimore so it's like if the o's can take one of those games from one of those teams it could be postseason or not for those teams well and like you look at it tampa has their lead in the al east because of they're 18 and one stretch against the, the Orioles. And like last year when the Yankee or two years ago, when the Yankees won the division, it was because they went 17 and two. So it's like, if you, if I think the, now the Yankees are seven and 10, maybe seven and 11 against the Orioles this year. And it's like, that's why you're on the outside looking, you know, looking in on the playoff race. And, and is the Red true? Sox, you said, is that, yeah, I think Which look team it up. You said? the Orioles are against the Yankees. They're like seven. The Orioles, I think are seven and 11. Oh, I thought you were saying that the the Yankees were seven eleven against the Orioles. No, 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 like, no. But which would have been amazing. But again, yeah. I mean, like you look at the Red no Sox closer number. than it should be. Yeah. Well, even yeah, with and, that, yeah, seven eleven is. I mean, we take that. Oh, hundred percent. Like, we're in. I mean, that's awesome. Sign um, me, sign me up for that any day. But um, yeah, I mean, and there was an article in the Sun today with Trey kind of talking about, and it's weird that you ever hear someone say this, where he's like, "I'm looking forward to the off season. Like, I can't wait to get." these next three weeks over just because of his the last 18 months yeah. of his, you know yeah. which kind of makes sense he's like i kind of just want to get away and, and go somewhere and it's been a tough year for the orioles and the fans to watch um and as we wrapped it up Bowie Bowie just won their 10th straight game they're fighting for a playoff spot so again like we've kind of been preaching all year the farm system the kids adley had another triple tonight so back-to-back nights with a triple for your catcher you know can't really complain about that um and then next year, it's just a little more, you know, keeping an eye on the prospects. Hopefully we have a, you know, your, your starting catcher is the number one prospect in baseball and they're inching closer. I mean, they got to do something about pitching. They have to, you can't keep throwing out Alex Wells throwing 74 mile an hour curveballs that don't, <laughs> that just hang up there against Aaron judge. Spoiler alert. It's not going to work. Um, it's just like, you, you can't keep throwing out Spencer Watkins and, and Tegan Aiken and, I mean, the game, the game on Saturday, which was one of the funniest games I've ever watched, where the Orioles had a no-hitter going into the seventh inning, three outs away from a no-hitter in the double-header, uh, double and they lost 11-2, to two, is <laughs> unbelievable. Like, you can't, you can't make that stuff up. And that kind of just sums up just how their whole season has been. They're, I mean, they're, again, they're, it's just all about like, oh, they're progress. It's kind of like the spring training where like – Little- they get, they flashes get here and there, yeah, but we're, like we're, ultimately, we're, just nah. 
what can I take out of it? Like, you know, who performed well? It's like, well, Austin Hayes had hit his 20th home run tonight. So like, that's it's pretty significant. Um, again, kind of just counting down the days. It's been a long, it's been a long, long season. And sure. Now one last name before we move on from the Orioles talk that I want to get into a little bit. Uh, they called up Michael Bauman a couple weeks ago. Thoughts. He, I'll tell you what, when he came in, he was chucking it. He, he's looked really, he's, I liked what I've seen from him. I never saw him pitch at, um, at Bowie or anywhere down on the farm, but he's been, when he, when he, when he came up, cause he was one of their bigger guys got hurt. I, we were, I think that was at the game that we went to in Bowie. He wasn't on the injured list yet, but he was injured. They just hadn't put him on the list yet. If you look at his numbers now, he's got an 80 or a, he's played in two games. His first game was really good, and then he pitched in, I think it was one of the Blue Jay games. Yeah, the 22-7 to seven game. He yeah, six earned runs and three innings pitched. Yeah, yeah. But if you so look one at good, his, one bad. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, okay, I'll take that again. I mean, guys had two appearances. 6'4", 235. I mean, he's a big old righty. I'll take that. I'll, I'll take that from him. Um, yeah. Got the win, I think, in his first game, too, which is kind of a, a cool move. But I, I'm excited for him. Again, he was one of the guys – He's not on Grayson's level. He's, he's a little above a guy like Zach Lowther, um, you know, Keegan Aiken, obviously Dean Kramer. He, he's, he's kind of along those lines, but he sure. seems like a guy that I think people like scouts and, and people in the organization have like legitimately been excited about. So he, yeah, went, like, he, he wasn't in Norfolk very long. He, he, um, turned, he turned 26 uh, five days ago. Um, so he's not exactly a young gun like some of those mm-hmm. other guys, but he's, he's, shown results um slowly but surely throughout his minor league career and so you look at a guy like that and you look at all the top level you know top heavy you know organization rankings of all these guys and and what their arrival dates are but at a certain point like you got to fill that roster out with some quality guys at maybe the back end of a rotation or a middle middle of the bullpen or whatever it might be whatever role he might fit um you just need some of those guys and it's good to have them already in the system where you don't have to think about that next step once you get those young guys up and ready to play and ready to contribute. So um, that's at least my, my insight into it from, you know, in terms of how he's pitched, I can't pretend like I sat there and watched him throw it all, but um, at least as the pieces are starting to very slowly come together and you're starting to see the, the foresight of what this organization wants to be in two, three years or whatever. Um, he's a guy that might be a part of that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, and whether it's, I know, cause obviously he was a starter, they brought him up and they basically said, we're going to use him out of the bullpen. A lot of people weren't thrilled with that. Like, what? who are you going to take a start away? It doesn't matter who you're going to take us. And as long as it's not John means, you know, let him start over anyone. And then that's when Matt Harvey got hurt and Jorge Lopez, they both went on the, the IL. Thank Matt Harvey for his service. You know, I can't believe Matt Harvey made it to the entire year, basically healthy, which I mean, that's, that's maybe the biggest takeaway of the whole year, um, yeah. besides for Cedric Mullins making arguably the, the best home run robbing catch of the night or of the year tonight, too. Mm. But um, it's like, who the hell cares? Let, you know, let, let Bauman start. Who cares? Take a start away from Keegan Aiken or, or you know, one of those other guys. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. They're 55 games under. Like, let him, if Trey wants to start, let him start. If Cedric wants to get a start, let him start. It, it doesn't really matter. But, yeah, I mean, he'll, he'll be in the rotation or he'll be in the bullpen, you know, whichever they, they think that he's going to be best at. And I think he's definitely a guy who's he's going to be one of the guys when they're when they're hopefully, you know, on the up and up in a couple of years that he'll you'll you'll see him on the mound. Very cool. 
Um, any thoughts, Marty? Anything to add there or just just go Sox probably? Don't care. <laughs> Don't care. Your West Coast <laughs> trip is over. So. Sure. Well, I have a, a Sox Orioles uh, weekend ahead of me. So I'm is that this? When, what weekend? Yep, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. In Fenway. I, in oh, Fenway. they're on the, the, the Orioles. Then they, the they come Saturday. the following weekend here to Canada Yards, I believe. Yeah. Well, I think it's the series before the last series of the year. There. Or, yeah. yeah, I think it's a Tuesday through Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where the uh, – the, Then the Sox go from – The home finales against Amden the Red Sox to, on Thursday. The Nats Park yep. to the end. Yep. So before we dive into the the um, the Fed Thrill uh, starting fives, we didn't really get predictions from you guys on the football game. We kind of moved on there. That's on me. I kind of let the show move on without getting your predictions. So let's hear it now. I will go. I'll go Chiefs. Thirty-one seventeen. Chiefs thirty-one seventeen. Okay, a little little more low scoring. Okay, I was gonna I was gonna say thirty-one thirteen, but I think that thirteen is way too low, in in unless they jump out super early and they pull Lamar. But yeah. I, don't, I don't think they would. But thir- thirteen points seems impossibly low for the Ravens in prime time at home. The Chiefs haven't really been able to stop the run, even mm-hmm. as dominant the, as, as they've been the last two years. I mean, and they did nothing. Them up last week. Yeah, they did nothing to show that that's changed last week. So. Yeah. There is that. We ran for 189 yards the other night, um, you know, like 5.6 yards per carry. Like the run game is still there and the run defense still stinks on the Chiefs. So there's your meal ticket. Marty? Even before you said anything, 34 stood out in my head, and I think it's Chiefs 34, Ravens 27. I think I, the Ravens I, can pretty close to mine, yeah. I think the biggest take, I like the biggest, and everyone and in, in their mother is going to say this, Travis Kelsey against the defense is going to be the matchup. They'll like the make or break the X factor, you know? And it's also, it's like terrifying because like, all right, so say that you limit again, not going not to open this can of worms again, but like say you limit, limit Travis Kelsey to what eight catches for 80 yards and a touchdown. It's like, Oh, by the way, you also have Tyreek Hill who like is Marlon quick enough to, to stick with him the entire time. Do you think Tyreek like who, I mean, obviously you're going to put a safety over there Maybe too, Tavon, but, but I mean, I don't know. He didn't look great. It's, I, don't I know. just, it's, it's I mean, I just don't know. Like, I don't know if anyone's thinking this is going to be a defensive show. This is going to be like a big 12 bedlam touchdown after who scores last. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's up to us to keep up is really the deal. So there you have it. Uh, predictions from us. None of them for the Ravens, not looking so good. Would be a big one for them on Sunday night. But um, again, at worst, we're going to have a good time out in the parking lot before it. So yep. tailgates will be fun. That is going to take us to our starting five presented by Fed Thrill. I don't have the sunglasses like Taylor typically does that he throws <laughs> on as he does his ad read. We don't even really have ad reads for these things. He kind of ad libs them as it goes. I'm going to do the same is. here. Fed Thrill is fantastic. I've been wearing them all summer as we get further and further into the fall and eventually the winter here, the sun's going to be a little lower in the sky as you drive to work or on the way home. You're going to want those sunglasses as you're driving around the Baltimore Beltway, whatever it might be, as you're going for your run around the Inner Harbor, whatever it might be, you're going to want Fedthrill sunglasses. You can go to fedthrill.com, code EXIT52 to get 20% off. They've been fantastic sponsor for us all summer and they will continue to be. Um, cannot say enough good things about them and the people who run that company. They're awesome people, very fun group. And they usually have a, a couple of tents out there on, uh, 
for home games, selling their sunglasses out there on the, uh, um, during tailgate. So, um, if you can support the podcast, support fed thrill exit 52, 20% off. And our topic for starting five this week is tailgate foods. Is that what we want to do? Tailgate foods, tailgate drinks, just things. If I say things to bring the tailgate, I, you open too big a net, I think, but that's it's what I was tailgate thinking. food and beverage. Yeah. Is that what yeah, we got dude, here? Food and drink yep. at a tailgate. That's things what we got here. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I do not know who has the first, second, and third pick here. Taylor has that on his spreadsheet. I'm pretty sure he's catching some Z's as he has been for the majority of the last week or so. He's in rough shape. Um, but uh, how, how do we want to settle this? I'm, I'm Googling something to randomize this for three. Uh, our connection is bugging out right now. Are we frozen? Are we frozen? Yeah. We might be frozen. Anyone wants to go first? I got picture you because you get frozen and you don't know it. Are we back? Oh, yep. we're back. Okay. Uh, Eric, number one to 10. Oh, number one to 10? Damn. Number one through number 10. One. Um, uh, seven. Marty? Four. The number was 10. Damn, I was almost gonna go eight too. So what did you pick? I picked four. So which... I'm number one. <laughs> yeah. All right. I get the number one pick. Um you're gonna take number one. Yeah, I'll take number one. Okay. Um, and then I guess we need to pick one, Marty. Yeah. You're gonna trust me on this. Uh my number is six and I haven't clicked it yet. I just clicked it. Okay, pick a number. Two. It's nine. So I'll take the second pick. High numbers on the generator. Yeah. Yeah. It was right. a one to 10 generator. All right. Well, that, we snaking. Yeah. It's always yeah, a snake. snake drafts. Okay. Um, my one, one for tailgate food. Got to go something you can eat a lot of. Got to go something. It doesn't take long to make. Um, get them pretty much anywhere. Don't have to prepare them. You don't got to marinate. You don't got to do anything. You can eat them. On a plate with a fork on a bun, hot dogs. I, I, I think it has the buildup here was unbelievable. It has to be hot dogs, because um, again, you can, you can, again, no bun. Oh, I'm not. I'm, you know, I don't want. I don't want the bun. I don't want the carbs or anything like that. I'm just gonna go this. You want it on a plate with a fork. Dip it in some ketchup, some mustard, and Throw you some know, chili on there. Yeah, chili. You know, and I'm not gonna get into the just ketchup along on it. Blah blah blah. Like, we're not doing that <laughs> Chicago bullshit. Um, <laughs> I, I think agree. Chicago, I think the hot dog is just it's 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 the one one. It's the say it's the Trevor Lawrence, the safe pick. You know what you're getting. And again, it's hard to fuck up a hot dog. Take them out. You put them on. I could eat six hot dogs right now. Like it's just so, it's it's the best. it's a it's a low ceiling or high ceiling pick or high. You're never floor. gonna say Jeez, like watch the shit out of that. This is the greatest hot dog I've ever had. Like it, all hot dogs are good. I think it's just all reliable. I mean, exactly. I don't yes. know that it's a one-one pick for that reason. I, I think yeah. it's because again, just for that, you it's hard to mess up. You never eat a bad hot dog. You never like, oh, this is undercooked. It's is I also like my hot dogs burnt, so overcook it if you want. On that guy, I'll eat I'll eat the black ones. I think those are even better. But I I think I think it, you know, I think pick. it's a perfect tailgate food. Yeah. 
this, I mean, you've made my life incredibly easy here. Uh, this is going to be a pick that's a massive hit, no matter who brings it, who's, you know, whatever. It always slaps. Um, guys love it. Girls love to make it because they're like, oh, they're the fun girl that makes the buffalo chicken dip. Yeah. It's an easy pick. Mm-hmm. It's the, I mean, yeah, that's a hard cross off your list. There was your one, one there, Marty. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's whether you're watching a game at home, Super Bowl party, whatever it might be. Buffalo chicken dip, it slaps every single time. You can get you can get some variety mixed in with it. Sometimes a little more cream cheese, a little more hot sauce. There's good buffalo chicken dips, and there's great buffalo chicken dips. It rarely misses. That's easy, easy. Should have been the 1-1 pick. I like that. Um, so I got two here, huh? You do have two picks. And I'm coming in with back-to-back uh, combos. So my first one was always it's, – it's a – you're taking pretzels and same trail as uh, as Eric, um, but I'm going sausage and peppers, a, a heartier hot dog, little topping action, usually a more uh, substantial bun coats the stomach for the rest of the day of drinking. Um, sausage and peppers was always kind of my go-to when I was tailgating in college, so uh, that's my pick. And then my second one, I'm thinking more. You're coming in early. You got a one o'clock football game starting at like seven. I'm going steak and eggs. Um, mm. Throw some some steaks on that grill. The eggs are usually like in like a tin foil tray or something like that. Mix those things together. Eat before everyone kind of gets to the tailgate and starts drinking steak and eggs. Okay. Like uh, he took uh, sausage and peppers, by the way. With this, with this oh, first yeah, one, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a better, more gourmet type of hot dog. It brings, it brings a little more to the table. I mean, I love me a good hot dog, but sausage and peppers, the flavors. Yeah. You get a lot of different kinds of sausages. You get sweet. You get spicy. You know, do some Ben's chili bowl type stuff. Load it up. You hell, you get double decker a hot dog and a sausage. Jeez, don't get, don't get me started. Yeah, uh, draft pick inception there. Yeah, right. What like you know, like what, what would they call that? You know, the McChicken and the McGangbang. Oh yeah. Yeah. We could come the up with McDouble the and the McChicken. Yeah, we could come up with something. One of those names. So All right. you, you know Banks? It is me. And I'm gonna take I'm gonna take beef brisket. I love brisket. I love it so much. You have the time to make it and really make it well, good and fatty. Um where it kind of falls apart. Like it's just, there's not much better than that. I used to have a barbecue job when I was in high school and college, made a lot of brisket in my day. Don't get a chance to make it very often here in the city, but if I get a chance out there, tailgate, whatever it might be to get some good kind of fatty with some dry rub, nothing better than brisket. And if you need to use, if you're using a sauce with your brisket, you're doing it wrong. It's dry rub all the way. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all in the bark. Yeah. If you have a good bark, it, you're fine. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. It's uh, I think uh, yeah, you're you're talking about the tailgates on college game day that they're zooming in with the camera on that mm-hmm. big time. that they've been cooking yeah. all all afternoon. They're the slicing before. it on the on the cutting board right in front of the camera. It's like steaming up the lens and all that. There's something about the the black rubber gloves versus other color rubber gloves mm-hmm. for you when you're to. slicing that brisket. It makes it that much juicier. Yeah, and people can wear those mm-hmm. tattooers barbecue <laughs> yes yeah salt that's a, that's 100 percent. no fuck salt we're an anti-salt 
Another guy that's banned. He's he is also banned from the podcast. I didn't know he was on the ban list, but I guess he's on the ban list. Him and Jerry Coleman. Um, you said my, the that's, name. That's a good. That's a good. That's a good pick. Um, my next one. Again, I'll I'll go. This is another safe pick. You can buy a lot of them at once. You're eating with your hands. You're getting dirty. It's wings. You got to bring the tray of wings to the game. Split it up. You get your buffalo. You get your barbecue. People like Honey Old Bay. I'm not a Honey Old Bay guy. I don't like the honey. It's crazy. You're crazy. I, know, I, I could see your eyes when I said that because right. I know how fond you oh, are. You're just just give me normal Old Bay. Like don't I don't I don't need the honey. The honey it gets in my beard. It gets in my mustache, and then I got a chunk of it over here that I don't see until like the second quarter. And and At pickles. I do the Old Bay butter. Those are good. Those are good too do that like i even i like buffalo with the old bay on top of it like that's mm. just give me that my um, only my only beef with the wings at a tailgate is usually like i need 35 napkins for wings. oh yeah when yeah, i'm at a tailgate and like holding stuff i usually don't have access to napkins that's when you got to get the guy with the pickup truck where you can lean against and put your drink mm. and your plate on the tailgate or on the hitch and and you basically need you need a table if you're gonna eat wings you need mm-hmm. it so that, that kind of acts as one. But um, my second one, let me take this one off. I am going to go. Does, I don't know if this counts for Marty's second one. If I say breakfast sandwiches, is that a steak and eggs? It's fine. Yeah. Okay. And I, and I don't need to like specify like bacon, egg, and cheese or sausage no. and blah, blah, blah. Because again, the, it, Starting it off with the breast with the with any breakfast sandwich. You go to THB, you go to any of these places, bagel bin, any any of the bagel places, and you get like 30 breakfast sandwiches Mm -hmm. and you just pass them out. Or they're sitting in some kind of container and you just walk by, grab one. And again, that's kind of you're like it like everyone makes a joke. Oh, yeah, gotta have something in my stomach. I'm gonna be drinking all day. Gotta gotta start with this. And they're always they're always huge and they're greasy and they're it's just falling all over the bagel um very very there's not many better ways to start out not even just like a tailgate a day than with a breakfast sandwich yeah that's a great pick thank you thank you both those picks kind of like are in the direction of the two picks i was kind of thinking about here so i might go in a whole nother direction it's a lot left thinking about it there's so much left on the board yeah i'm gonna take this is something kind of uh, along the lines where you just pick a bunch up on your way. You don't think about like, you don't have to prepare it there at the tailgate. You just bring it, you show up with a box of it and you can be a bit of a hero talking just straight up fried chicken. You just get a whole batch of fried chicken. I'm not going to name any places. Per se. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> no free ads. Got to hold out for that. No ad. free ads. Um, so I'll bleep that out. Um, but maybe a gas station down the street, you just pick up <laughs> a bunch of pieces of chicken and you just dish it out. You show up to show up to a tailgate that have a lot, has a lot of people at it. And it might be like more booze heavy than it is food heavy. And everyone's just kind of like, Oh man, we're like, we need something here. Or, or they're like, maybe people are a bunch of beers in and they just need to gnaw on something, show up with a box of chicken and you'll be a hero. Mm-hmm. yeah great point. and it's like that last minute thing where it's like i didn't bring anything but yeah I stop on my way it's a quick yeah. fallback yep all right i got two again so i'm going with 
a direction that I'm surprised none of us have gone into yet, but jello shots. Oh man, it's on you my get list. That one person to commit to making them the night before, throw them all in a cooler. I mean, everyone kind of does like the group jello shot. You can pick one up here and there. Um, everyone has like their controversial what color is the best. I feel like blues always go first. Um, but at a Ravens tailgate, we're going purples. Um, yeah, jello shots. I think are one of my underrated tailgate. Uh, I feel like when someone brings them, it's almost like, oh my, like I haven't had Jello shots in like since college. Like, even though you had them at last week's tailgate. Even though, yeah, yeah. Even though you had them at fourth. You've of literally July. had them at every yeah. tailgate you've ever yeah. done. And then somebody always feels good about bringing them, and um, someone always had to like go on Amazon and buy those little cups. And it brings people together when you do them. Like everyone gets all excited about it. It's it's a fun thing. You always get to like get the moms involved with a little bit. Yeah. So it's it's you a always like that mom at the tailgate next year. Like oh, you, Janice, you want one? Yeah, or, yeah. Even if it's not your tailgate, you're just like oh yeah, you have yeah yeah yeah. Come get one. And like there's always the no person... one's ever gotten drunk off cello shots, but it's just no. it's there. It's a fun thing. You're always someone's not getting it out and they're trying to just like suck yeah. it out no no you gotta use your finger and you gotta you gotta yeah. do it before and it's all you like you can always tell okay you always have that one person that's like whoa you could taste the vodka in this one like oh blue's the strongest one yeah and all the buzz about the colors around the tailgate like oh no dude the blue slaps today yeah um and then my final pick is just classic tray of mac and cheese Baked on the top. Uh, I was gonna say pack. you go bake. You go bake. Oh yeah, it's like not your last pick by the way. But... Tray of it. It kind of gets cold after a while. Like right before you're about to leave, you just like taking like one last scoop with a fork right out of the tray. Um, it's a good walking to the game in a styrofoam bowl. Like I can yep. munch it real quick and toss it. Mm-hmm. And even maybe if it's a one o'clock, you come back to the tailgate. It's still good grab another spoonful hmm. i like it it's a fantastic pick i love getting a red solo cup of it and just eating it out of that that's just a yeah, big no move for me yeah i like yeah. to use solo cups just for anything i can find like sometimes um just eat cereal out of those things because no, like, i'll I'm do that while, boy yeah i'll do that while driving like it's easy to just like didn't dennis reynolds do that oh no dennis, he had a bowl dennis reynolds has done a lot of he probably did a well <laughs> i think while driving yeah Okay, my pick here, I think – I don't know that anyone's gone into just the straight-up snacks. And this is easily the first pick on my board by a long shot on this. It's Old Bay Cheese Girls. I'll give the free Ooh. ad for Old yeah. Bay because they're that good. Um, I think hers makes them. They're fantastic. I've never gotten a bag and not had them finished, whether it be by me mm. or the people around me. They oh, never last. Them. They're just the most – addicting snack i've ever had in my life well and also they're great for you get in the car after the game win or lose or whatever uncrinkle the bag and you can just keep going to town well they don't make it that far for for me (laughs) well that too but i'm saying like again if it doesn't make it at the if it if it doesn't all get finished at the tailgate you could stash it away and then yeah you got orange residue all over your fingers and you're like you know sucking off every one of your fingers trying to get it off the 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 two sides of the coin with it is that, it, and this is kind of sad, you bring them around people and there's still enough people out there who have not had them before. Yeah. And they get all interested and curious about it. And you give that to them and you get the joy of watching their face as they enjoy them for the first time. So that's a huge plus for me, at least. Yeah. 
for sure. Anytime you can do that's a plus. All right. My last one. Mm -hmm. God, there's, I mean, there's, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at two that I think these two are like first round talents. There's a bunch that are up there. There, there may be three that are first round talent. Um, all right, I'll go. Man, I, this is. Damn it. I'll go Chick Fil A trays. Hmm. Not as much for NFL, obviously, because obviously they're not open on Sundays. You got to do the call ahead. Maybe you pick it up Saturday night. But like, hmm. there's been a bunch of tailgates where you go there, and there's always someone with a big old and it like it doesn't even have to be a tailgate for like a game. Like I've been to tailgates for other, you know. You go to like a concert or something and someone rolls up with a tray of nuggets. People go nuts and not even, they don't, they just don't go crazy for the nuggets. They go crazy for the half pint of Chick-fil-A sauce. Oh yeah. And then that's the thing that people are yeah, always, this, oh, the Polynesian. Scumbag pick. I, I don't think it's a scumbag, this is a scumbag pick. It's a, I mean, it's a great pick. It's just like, come on, man. Like it's there. Tailgates. Come on. Like Super yeah. Bowl parties, Christmas parties, anything like that. Sorry. Holiday parties. Yeah. For, Eric, I want to hear what you left behind for that one. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about our, uh, our we will in a minute. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, again, I, th- I think Chick-fil-A trays, it's a hit. Everyone loves it. It's even better. Again, when you pick it up Saturday night, you can warm it up and then bring it on Sunday. And people are like, oh, Chick-fil-A on Sunday. Never, never done this before. There's always Those like someone in Trays are such like a pain that. in the ass to open. Yeah. They're not, well, again, it's Chick-fil-A. Like they make that shit like, I mean, it's basically. <laughs> It's basically fucking Fort Knox to try and get in there. So was that my that was my last one, correct? Yep, that's it. I don't remember my Is second that it? or my third one. I don't I think that's just I have four. I think you have another one and then it ends with you, Marty. Yeah, it definitely ends I, with you. Oh, starting five. I'm it's not starting four. four, dude. No, it's not a Mount Rushmore. We don't we don't we we are original around here. I don't know what other podcasts you've been on that do part uh um, <laughs> Mount Rushmore, so You still have another one, Eric. Yeah. Fuck. All right. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go crab dip. Then. Again, kind of along the lines with uh, okay. with Banks and his and the the um, buffalo chicken dip. Crab dip is always nice and easy. I do know a restaurant where you can buy some amazing crab dip. Jimmy Jimmy Seafood. It's, I heard they even deliver. They do, and you can get it shipped to you, and all, and all that good stuff. Um, again, you just toss Old Bay cheese on top of it it's always melted you can eat it with carrots you can eat it with celery you can eat it with the toasted little slices of bread that are even the best um hell maybe get you get one of uh banks's uh old beige cheese curls throw them right in there mm-hmm. you do that you can uh, shit i've had crab dip on a hot dog you could dip a wing in crab dip you can do i'm i'm basically um bubba from bubba gum i mean there's so many <laughs> so many different ways you can do crab dip so yeah, again, it's it's pretty easy to make. Toss it in the oven in the morning, put it in a crock pot, you'll be good to go. So, I I, uh, I, I like that as my uh, my fifth pick, my last pick. Okay, like all right. So my last pick, I figured this would be on the board, but I just love it. It's just the best tailgate beer to me. It is called Budweiser. <laughs> Some nerds out there decide to start calling it Bud Heavy, but it is the king of beers for a reason. It's Budweiser. It's the best tailgate beer. It gets you going. Um, you drink a good handful of those, and you're going to get a, a good buzz going. You don't have to drink those, you know, 12 Bud Lights to catch a buzz. It's it's 
It's Budweiser. It's King of Beers. 35 yellow shots. It's the best beer for can smashing. It's what it's all about. There's me just dishing out another free ad, but <laughs> I got to stay true to myself. I'm all about the buds. Um, my last pick, this is a very New England pick, um, but everyone always loved the guy that rolled up to the tailgate in the morning with the big old box of munchkins from Dunkin' Donuts. Another free plug. Just donuts at a tailgate. It's like someone comes through, you just like bring your friend from college. They like come through for a second, have a beer, pop a donut in. You don't have to like heat anything up for them. They can take it on the walk back. It's, it's carb. So it kind of coats your stomach a bit. I could probably eat like an entire box of munchkins at a, at a tailgate. That's a hell of a pick. It's a great I mean, pick. Yeah. It's a good pick. And it was my next, it was my next pick was going to be similar. It was going to just going to be donuts, box of donuts specifically. Most of my tailgate experience is actually college park going down there after college, stopping in at shoppers food warehouse there at the top of route one, you go in there, they've got those big cake donuts. You just get a box, a dozen of them of an assortment, different donuts, show up at the tailgate with those and you're going to have some happy people in your hands. Yeah. We are full of free ads today. Can't go, can't go wrong with the donuts. Cause again, if you show up to like a party or, or a tailgate, but just with a dozen, you're like, you're like a hero. Yeah. Like, oh, or, or again, just anywhere. Like why? Uh, you know, just want, just figure it out. Fun, fun, uh, fun question. What donut do you guys always have left? Like the one that's always left over. It's just a plain um, one. Cake. Yeah. The normal, not, not the cake, but like the non-glazed. Yeah. Just plain. Unless it's a good donut, it like, a, like a great yeah, donut fashioned. place. Yeah, it's just got nothing good. special about it at all. Powdered too, powdered. Powdered. And That's jelly. usually the one I. I feel like. A, yeah. Sometimes powdered like jelly filled always gets left behind. I love a jelly filled, but not everyone's a fan. Again, mustache beard, it it gets all over, and it's just yeah. Like, oh yeah, it's like especially if it's cold, you got gloves on it, just drops. Constantly down your wiping like white powder off your nose and like yeah. mustache. Not, it's not a good look. Um, I had uh, for my honorable mentions. Chili, that was my other one. That, that was gonna be my yeah, last. that was on my list too. It just didn't get I'm to it. Didn't yeah. Um, I had beer just in general. That guy that rolls up with beer. Uh macaroni salad. If we were doing sides, it's a fantastic side. Ribs, I thought could have gone. Um, party sub, always a always a party uh, people pleaser. Good. Big fan of meatballs. Like again, I love a good crock pot full of meatballs. Just like a and big then, old uh, Big old turkey, like a bourbon turkey, is what my my friend mom makes. I do turkey. It's, it's new for me. It gets right off of the it, the whole ass bird shows up, <laughs> which is sweet. Like it's a it's a carving and everything. It's great. It's good for presentation. Oh yeah. Um, and then my last one was hot chocolate, like the the cold morning yep. tailgates in, in a box. Yeah. 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 You have to. And I had rumple mints on my list. Yeah, I figured I figured I had, it was um, go that direction. Great winter pick. Not, I didn't go with this one because I didn't really know if it was an an actual thing or just an I said shotguns. Like <laughs> shotgun and beers. Yeah. Okay. Like talk about like West Virginia tailgate. Oh, yeah. The other one. Yeah. I knew I had to uh, clarify that. Mimosas. <laughs> I'm not a fan at all of Bloody Marys, but I feel like Bloody Marys is a fan favorite. Oh, I love Bloody Marys, yeah. Oh, I tried it like two weekends ago again because I feel like one day I'm going to try and like it. Couldn't I'm the it. same way. I like I want to like it. I want to the, the idea of it. 
Um, it's kind of gross to me at the same time, like the entire vibe behind it, the energy that the people have behind it. Like I want to get involved with it. And I just, I just don't take to it. Same thing with Jameson for me. I just, I don't know why I want to love it. I just don't. Jameson stinks, yeah. but I used to be that guy that would order bloody Mary's at the bar at like eight 30 at night, like nine o'clock. Oh. And like, I, I like bartender knew the bartenders. I knew the bartenders. So I'd be like, Hey, whenever you have time, like just make one, make a couple for me and I'll just order them throughout the night. <laughs> so good. Like I love them. I legitimately like, I used to like play video games at home and like, I'd make a bloody Mary and just like play NBA. <laughs> on a bloody oh Mary. my God. Oh God. So good. So goddamn good. I think cookies is a good one. Just like Man, cookies. Brownies. Yeah. Like, yeah brownies. Kind of same idea. Like go to shoppers, grab that bucket of cookies. Cupcakes. I feel like people sometimes go to like the box stores and you get those sugar cookies with like the thick ass thick icing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My boy, my boy Dan used to make buffalo chicken meatballs. Rest in peace, Dan. Those are fucking awesome. Nothing will ever compare. Buffalo chicken meatballs. Yeah. Fire. Bomb. They were awesome. Sounds amazing. Uh, and I'd lose cannon too if I didn't mention that. <laughs> So see Luke Cannon to me after like a few, I feel like I can't eat anything. It's just to get a base. Yeah. Just yeah. to get a base. You got to set the tone with that. Yeah. So uh, reviewing our starting fives here. Eric had hot dogs, breakfast sandwiches, wings, Chick-fil-A nuggets, crab dip. By the way, I forgot to write these down until like the fourth round and I backtracked <laughs> and I'm very proud of the way that I remembered all of it. Uh, I had Buffalo chicken dip, beef brisket, fried chicken, Old Bay Cheese Curls and Budweiser, all very healthy stuff. Uh, and Marty had sausage and peppers, steak and eggs, jello shots, mac and cheese tray, and munchkins. I mean, that's, I feel like those are three phenomenal teams. Yeah, like so. that's one. I forget what, what the other one we did was. And it was like, there's no winners. There's no losers. Like, I think everyone. Yeah, I'm ready to tailgate you, right now. Everyone can agree that like, yeah, those are good setups. It's like it's like if it was that meme or that graphic, like which table are you sitting at? It's like I just put, put me at whichever one. I'll, I'm fine. Yeah, I'll be fine. Any of them? Yeah, like yeah. I'll figure it out. We'll be all right. So that's going to conclude our uh, fifth real starting five for the week. Again, that's uh, code exit fifty two for twenty percent off on the sunglasses. Uh, moving on to the Nick Cannon Medley Maryland Man of the Week, uh, Marty. You seem prepared. I'm going to throw it to Marty. So mine is very um, out there. Uh, we, I kind of uh, foreshadowed it while we were just chatting before we started recording. Um, and this goes along with your Met Gala themed um, <laughs> post report, but I'm going with Frank Ocean because he did come out of absolute nowhere with his Met Gala um, red carpet, robotic green baby. Um, I think when he came up on Twitter for that, Every single person was like, where has Frank Ocean been for the last like 12 years? Um, so good for Frank Ocean. And Eric's already got his like Spotify playlist lined up. I've said the name Frank Ocean more times in the last like two and a half hours than I have in the last like four years. <laughs> and I don't hate it. Like a great artist, great album. Um, he just has some awesome songs. Like I, I want him to start making music again. I need Frank Ocean. Yeah. Thanks. Oh, you want me, me to go or you? No, I'm just trying to find this tweet. I like from like 2014, I think I put out there my old man, like when there was one of these award shows going on and Frank Ocean was cleaning up or something. He just says like 100% serious. 
what the hell is a Frank Ocean? And I tweeted it, and it just makes me laugh every time I think about it. And I don't know where the tweet went. Oh, no. I don't know where it is. Thanks a lot, Dev. Show him that baby and see if he even remembers saying that. Just send him, just send Jimbo that picture in like no context. (laughs) Send it to him at like 1.30 this morning. So it's the first thing he sees when he wakes up. (laughs) And just like report back in the morning with that. Um, I'll do my my Nicanor medley. I'm going Peyton and Eli. I love that broadcast so much. I didn't even get and, to enjoy it one bit. I didn't well, watch so, it. And and that's what that's what I was gonna say was I was listening to our friend Jeremy Kahn, friend of the program, um Tuesday morning, and they were talking about that. Someone called in and said how great it was. And he was like, honestly, I didn't watch it. Like if you're a fan of the team playing, yeah. it's not what you're gonna want to listen to because again, you got Russell Wilson and Sierra talking, or you got Russell Wilson talking about the Metcal and Sierra while the Raiders are driving down to kick a game-tying field goal with 15 seconds left and stuff like that. Um, I just thought it was really well done. And, like, I think this week coming up, the Green Bay-Detroit game is the perfect game for it. Because, again, it's like that game's probably going to be out of hand, hopefully, um, for fantasy reasons for me. And just give me, give me Peyton, give me Eli dicking around. Like I and again, I know the Ravens fans didn't watch it, but Ray Lewis was on, and they were telling some funny stories about. I think they said Eli's fourth game, his fourth start, was against the Ravens, and I think he finished like four for eighteen, like a zero quarterback rating, and he was talking about a story about how he got over the center and said like fifty two's the mic, and Ray like yelled back like no, I'm not forty five's the mic. And how they were literally just fucking – and, like, Ed Reed came out of nowhere and was like, I want to be the mic, and how confused Eli was. And it was yeah, like – Eli was like, you guys get to choose the mic? Yeah, like, what do you mean you get to choose? And, like, it was, like, legitimately, like, funny stories like that. <laughs> it was really – and then, of course, they pulled up his stats. And what – he was like, yeah, 0.0 quarterback rating. And Eli – I think Peyton was like, wasn't that your GPA at Ole Miss? And, like, stuff like that. Like, it was legitimately funny stuff and, and very they, enjoyable. They, like – say what the plan is for that moving forward i they're doing it i know all year and i think someone was saying like peyton probably didn't want to commit to the full espn monday night booth traveling every week and doing every production meeting and meeting with this person and calling that like he was i mean sitting on a couch watching the game and it's like you know i'm sure they're paying him a, a decent amount for it same thing eli i don't know where eli was his fire alarm was going off at one point it sounded like he was just in his house um I don't know. I mean, I would love to see where it goes from here. I know, I know the game got great ratings too. And the, the Peyton and Eli broadcast got, got pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it's the perfect broadcast for like, like banks, like the fan that has no dogs in the fight. Like I'm just Mm -hmm. here. They need that more than anything right now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, especially with ESPN probably was thinking some of these Monday night games are going to be absolute blowouts. So you got to like have some form of entertainment on top of it. And it's not listening to Steve Levy. And like nothing against Levy and who is it? Um, um, Greasy uh, and Greasy and what's the other guy's name? Um, Riddick. Riddick. Yeah, Lewis Riddick. yeah, Lewis Riddick. Like they're great. I think they're really good. But again, it's like sometimes I don't need to know like why yo know, they're dropping a safety here and cover zero this. And it's like give me Peyton and Eli like talking shit with Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley's like, oh, yeah. got five hundred grand on the Raiders tonight. Like stuff like that it was like legitimately funny during the game so like and and that's why i said i think this week coming up green bay and detroit is like the perfect game for it because 
I, I don't really care about what, what Steve Levy's going to say in the third quarter about the, the Lions and, and Dan Campbell, but like, I'm sure we're going to get some great stories from Peyton and Eli. So I, I'm all, well, I mean, I'm it's all like, in on that. It's like one of those things where it's like, hey, do you, hey, it's a, a game between two teams I have no investment in. I'm going to go to a party with my friends and I'll talk over the game. Yep. Like everyone's joking around. But if you are watching it to watch the game, you go to the ESPN slash ABC broadcast where it's like, I'm here by myself on my couch. Focus. Yep. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. I hardly even watch like with any audio. That's how I typically watch a lot of these Ravens, at least the away games. So um, there was no way I was even going to see, let alone get to enjoy any of that. So looking forward to it this Monday coming up. You should watch back the highlights. Like you should. I am not going to do that. Not the highlights of the game, <laughs> the highlights of them talking. <laughs> you know, I, I, I have, I have a Twitter account, so I've, you know, I get it. Oh, um, I'm going to just take football in general. That's my pick for the week. I know that it kind of kicked us in the dick this week when it came to the Ravens, but just having a full slate of football, um, man, I might as well just make a red zone, make red zone the pick. Scott Hansen's back. Uh, mm-hmm. You get the countdown clock and that 12 o'clock hour waiting for that, that first kickoff, um, seven hours of nonstop football. It's just not much better than that. You know, you can sit on your couch and be as lazy as you want to be. You can go out and booze and, jump from bar to bar and watch the games. And I mean, it's just, it's just an American institution and there's not much better than, than fall Sundays and the NFL is back in a big way. Um, you know, college gives us the little appetizer every single year, but it doesn't feel like it's fully back until you get that first NFL Sunday with the red zone on the clock and all the games flying at you at once. Uh, I was, I was very, very nervous at like 1130. I turned on, I went through a dry run uh, Saturday night. Like, all right, let's see if I can remember the Red Zone channel. Missed it on the first one, got it on the second one, 8.35. And it said, like, NFL Red Zone, blah, blah, blah. Um, like, to, to subscribe to the Red Zone, call this number, blah, 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 go to this website. And I was like, wait a minute. Am I – like, I hope I still have it. I didn't cancel anything, but I hope I still have it. So the next morning, like, 11.45 rolls around. I click on, I click on the channel again, same thing. And I'm like, Oh my God, I thought it was counting down. Like I legitimately didn't think that I had it. It was like 1215, same thing. Like call now to subscribe to red zone. And I was like, Holy shit. It's 45 minutes till. And I don't have it. 1230. The countdown started and I mm-hmm. flipped to it and I was saved and I've never felt like more relieved. And then Just hovering over the panic button. Yeah. Like I was legitimately <sighs> like, I'm about to like, have to take out another mortgage to pay for this red zone subscription because yeah. like, I'm, well, I mean, I'm going to have it. I'm going to have it. Not to plug any streaming service, but as someone who, as a millennial who cut the cord over here, um, my streaming service, uh, you can get red zone through. And when you turn it on, first thing recommended to you Sunday at four is red zone right there. Just clicker. Oh, love that. It's a beautiful that. thing. I'll get that. Yeah, not Good much pick. better than that. Um, I do have to throw in like a little mini um, mini rant here. Um, as a season ticket holder, we're supposed to get Red Zone mobile on our phones on the NFL app. And all you got to do is is like click on a link and put in your, your season ticket holder information. Basically sign into your Ticketmaster account. And it's supposed to give you Red Zone. And I do this every Sunday. I watch on my phone for the most part. Um Whatever the NFL app was doing, they had it fucked up. I was looking, I was like searching on Twitter, just to make sure I wasn't crazy. Tons of people had the same issue. I wasn't able to watch my red zone on my phone the way I wanted to. Um, 
they just got to figure it out. I mean, they just have to. Like, it's it's red zone. I mean, we don't pay for it directly, but we do. Um, I don't know. It was irritating as shit. So figure it out, Goodell. The out. last thing Ravens need are mad season ticket holders. Yeah, I mean, especially when you have the Monday night game, you got to wait and wait and wait for your game. It's a perfect opportunity to just chill out and watch red zone, and that just wasn't in the cards. And then so. this Sunday, you still have to wait and wait and wait. For Correct. Game. I'll be in a parking lot, though. Uh, any honorable mentions here, boys? Uh, I have one. My buddy Nate Bain from the Titans for sending over that nice little swag. Nobody gift cares. Bag. Uh, uh, I I didn't say it. It's what they called me a celebrity box. I mean, you know, their uh, words, not yours. Their words, not mine. I didn't say it. It's you know, I showed up. I went to a Greek festival on Saturday and came home, and it was right there. And that's why I have this awesome water bottle that I've been chugging out of, and I went pee three times this episode so shout out mm. to my guy nate cassie my dms are open <laughs> shout out cassie for the podcast what's up you didn't see she started a podcast purple chair oh that's right she did yeah shout out to her for that dang we have Again. her on our podcast and she just comes for us yeah we'll eh, have a little maybe. podcast battle if, if you want to look at it that way we're not we're in support I will say dropping it the Tuesday morning after a Monday Monday night loss like that. <laughs> I know. When I saw her say something about it on Sunday, like I didn't know Tuesday what it was gonna be, but it was like, oh, Tuesday morning, big announcement. And it's like, what could it be if it's the morning after a Monday night football opening season game? So interesting. If anyone follows Cassie, you know she's not here for negativity. She's not. She's not. So well, it all it's definitely her fault and the social media people's fault for everything. Yeah. So, so the quote unquote social media interns who post yeah. everything. She probably social. knows what right tackle we're going to go get here shortly. So <laughs> just maybe give her, I don't know, mention her, or maybe even throw a DM her way and maybe she'll tell you. <laughs> don't, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Um, that might just about do it here. You got any, uh, anything you boys want to get off your chest here? My only small plug is uh, just a reminder to all Maryland football fans. You are getting early football this week and you're getting a Friday night football game at Illinois. So don't go to uh, your TV guide on Saturday and freak out when you don't see Maryland football on there because they're playing Friday and uh, really hoping that we can open the season three and zero because we're going to need to locks yeah. in the boys on the road. That'll be yeah. a solid win if they can get that. Illinois is a beatable team, but also not, you know, a team that's just going to roll over by any means. Should be a good game. A road game, 9 p.m. Big Ten Network, if I'm correct. Or is it Fox? Yeah, I think, yeah they're the – it's either BTN or Fox does the Friday night games. Better right. be, because I don't have time to do this fucking BTN find this game every goddamn day. Did you <laughs> did you say roll over because Bielema is probably going to roll over? He does have a very pettable belly. He does. He's a big man. It's FS1. 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 All right. Crawl programming now. And on that note, um, we give our best wishes to uh, Taylor Smythe. I could never run a show in the way he does. I think it might show, especially at the beginning of this episode. I did the best I could. 
Uh, many appreciations here to Marty for hopping on and, and not replacing Taylor, but uh, filling in in his spot. Um, you can follow him at Marty McFly 34. I think if you're listening to this podcast, you know where you can follow Eric and I. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you follow the, the podcast accounts on Twitter at Exit52Podcast. Uh, big week this week. We're going to be there uh, Sunday night at the end of the night to give you the instant analysis as always. And we'll see you next time on the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood.